Reclaimed Audio, upcycling and making with reclaimed materials. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of Reclaimed Audio. This is episode number 30 <laughs> for June 1st. Is it? June 1st, 2016. Really, really exciting, guys. I can't believe that we've been doing this for 30 episodes. It's, uh, it's flown so by. How many weeks I, is that? So let's see here. If we do one a week and it's 30 episodes, I don't know, in the 40s, 40 weeks, something like that? We've yeah, been it's probably four, yeah, 14, but, 14 years, maybe. Yeah. 14, I'm not no, good seriously, at because didn't we, didn't we pre-record a couple of episodes? So doesn't that mess with the space-time continuum? Well, it might actually be 31 weeks, because we did miss that one week that you were in China, Phil. Carry the one. So does that... Yeah. Yeah, and square root. I, there was there was technically there was a week that I wasn't even on the podcast because oh that was the best exploded. week, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, I think I'm checking our Jimmy, numbers Jimmy now. I was going to say actually it was because Duresta was Duresta was on. Yeah, it's not not that a slide a good, to you, but a, a, an homage to not our highest numbers. Oh, but either uh, way, it was a good one. Real quick though, before we get going, um, I I've, I've been asking around and um, I can't find anybody that would be willing to fill in for either of you if you weren't here. I'm just saying. Is that okay. a good thing? or I can't yeah. figure if that's a compliment or an insult. Yeah, I'm not sure. That's the whole point. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Bill Lutz, the Sphinx, everyone. <clears throat> so, uh, before I get further derailed, this week's top Patreon supporters are Stu Morrison, the godfather Jimmy DeResta. Bomb, 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 I'm on with different notes that time to separate it from our... I totally, totally got that. <laughs> Luis Gonzalez, Trust in Timber, and Sean Petty, and Make, Build, Modify. My name is Phil Pinsky. With me, as always, are... Me, Tim Sway. And? Oh, and, and me, too. Who are you? All right, oh. and moving on. <laughs> Bill Lutz, what are you working on this week? I am getting so close to completion on my... I've decided to call it the Dragon's Lair, and... Nice. Yeah, I've, I've got a lot of uh, progress done on that. I'm about ready to do some finishing work, um, a little paint, a little clear coat, and um, my, my little guys, my, my bearded dragons will be moving in, hopefully by next weekend. Awesome. How much time are you giving it for to, to off-gas before you put those little guys in there? Um, well, the only thing I'm going to have that's going to be gaseous uh, would be the, the paint, which <laughs> yeah. is uh, um, kills. Uh, it's a latex paint. Yeah. Um, I'm using uh, water-based poly. So I think, yeah, a week of time will be plenty. Hmm. Cool. I saw some of your, your pics that you posted on Instagram. It looks really, really cool. I can't wait to see, like, the completion. But it was cool to see it move along in its progress. Yeah, it's it's a lot bigger than I thought it would be. But that's good because they're going to be... Huge. Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're going to be big, so... How big did they get? Targets. Yeah. Uh, from tail tip... To nose, uh, 24 inches on average. Wow. Okay, because I, I, I think I mentioned to you that, you know, Vance, my, my son, some of you may know who he is. Um, we, my, my wife is allergic to uh, dogs and cats and whatnot, and of course he's sick, so he wants a pet. We have fish, but you can't play with them. Uh, apparently rabbits and stuff are a no-go for my wife's allergies, and well, my allergies for that matter. Um, so he's been talking about bearded dragons. 
And Dude, he, I'm telling you, they are and, so they have so much personality, Tim. He would love them. And it's not because of our podcast. Like he hasn't even heard any of these episodes yet. And he just uh, he was somewhere else, and they were like talking. So now I've got between you, Bill, and Vance. It's just like this like 24 hour onslaught of bearded dragons coming. <laughs> <at me. laughs> well, have you guys even paid any attention to social media? Because bearded dragons is a thing. It is a thing now. I'm aware. It really is. Oh. It's trending. I saw it trending on Twitter. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but so, yeah. So, so I might be calling you for bearded dragon habitat advice sometime in the near future. I'm just warning you of that. We'll see what happens. I'll be more than happy to spread all of the knowledge I have on a piece of Tim Sway toast. <laughs> it's disgusting. <laughs> Tim, what are you working on? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's all i'm working on so far the, yeah you know. tim please please take the money and run what are you okay. working on what am i working on um video wise i just posted the junkalele which was uh it's not really a ukulele because it's strung different but about a month ago or so i had posted a video uh showing a box of 400 of my old cds that i still have left over that i never sold and they're sort of a dying medium and uh, so I thought it'd be kind of fun to make some stuff out of it. I asked for some suggestions, and I had a lot of people suggesting I make uh, an instrument, like a guitar, out of them. Mostly it was like kind of like, you know, adorning a guitar, crushing them up, and putting them in resin. But what I wanted to do is I wanted to see if I could make them actually create the body of the instrument that, so they actually reverberate and vibrate the sound out. So I was trying to make a hollow-bodied instrument out of these things. I was originally designing a guitar in my head, and I decided to scale it down to like a four-string, like, ukulele-sized instrument. And, uh, and I made it. And it sort of works, <laughs> and it's not strung like a ukulele. It's all the proportions are unique, and the tuning's unique. But I was able to play a few songs on it, and uh, I'm gonna put another video up as well, kind of describing like all the failures and successes. And I had all these other great things planned that I just kind of was like, ah, I'm not gonna be able to do that for this. Um, so that video-wise, you can go see that on my YouTube channel, and it's kind of cool. But what I'm working on right now is I just finished that, and besides the wrap-up video I'm going to do about it, I'm working on a giant 9-foot-by-4-foot um, dining table out of some very old and expensive reclaimed wood for a, a customer. It's going to go on a uh, cast-iron, like, lathe legs, basically, but I'm going to set it up more like a trestle base because they're too small for it. And I'm video recording this, and, uh, and hopefully we'll have some very exciting stuff to go along with the, uh, the video of that. Wow, very cool. Nice. I like how you joined the CDs in your video. Like you used a, uh, a soldering iron to create holes, and then you riveted them. I thought that was pretty clever. Yeah, you can't you can't drill them. Like they just break, you know. And um, and so then uh, I don't know if I would do rivets again if I were to do it. I ended up you know epoxying the tops and the backs on, and that yeah. seemed to just be a better idea. I thought it would be cool to actually mechanically join them, and then I was trying to sort of plastic fuse them together as well. So yeah. I'd like put a rivet in to attach them, and then I'd like plastic fuse the two of them together so it wouldn't they wouldn't wiggle back and forth because I just had one rivet. Um, they they kind of they kind of stink to work with, but um, but it was a really neat experience. And now I also I mean when I put that video out, I had like a I mean I had a hundred suggestions of things to make out of them. So I'm planning on doing a third video as well. Besides explaining more about the process, I'm planning mm -hmm. on making some of these other ideas as well and doing like another kind of like half a dozen little small builds out of CDs. Uh, in the video as well, because I still have like, like, like 300 of them left. <laughs> hey, Tim, have you ever, have you ever played with a plastic welder? I well, was literally going to ask that question. It's basically just a soldering iron, right? I mean, no, uh, no, where you take a, it's a rod of plastic. You put it in a drill 
and then it rotates very, and then as you drag it along, it, it, the friction causes it to heat up and then to melt, and then it creates a, a welding line. Oh, no kidding. Or, yeah. or, or it, uh, it's, it looks like the shape of a soldering iron. It's kind of like a, um, a TIG welder where you have the rod going through it, so the plastic rod goes through it. It's actually like a hot glue gun? Kind of. But what it's doing is it's blowing hot air, like hyper hot, super hot. It will burn you hot air. And that hot air is what melts the plastic. And mm. as you drag it along, like Phil said, um, you're creating that weld where the, the rod is melting into it. But it's actually a um, hot air that is melting the two mediums, like, the, say, you know, two sides of a CD, getting those melty. And then the rod itself is melting as well. So all three of them go together just like a regular welder. But well, it that... actually utili it utilizes yeah. hot air. <laughs> I'm not saying it. I'm not saying okay, it. Okay, wait a minute. I just said it utilizes hot air. So do I. <laughs> that's an i see the only i thought they were more like a soldering iron and you know i have a heat gun for like stripping paint and uh and i did a video a while back where i used a soldering iron and uh and instead of a plastic rod i used a shopping bag and i repaired my uh dustpan that had a crack in it which by the way it broke open again so i need to fix that again but <laughs> so apparently i didn't get it well enough but now what i'm going to do when i try again is i'm going to use my paint stripping heat gun and that plastic sort of uh like tube that I made out of this rolled up bag. Now that and that try was part the, of the CD build. The, the what's that? Try, try oh, the, the technique the spinning I, drill? I told you. About. Yeah, it's a, it's called a friction this, weld, and it it works really well. Uh, John Heise has a video on it. I saw it a couple of years ago. I'll have to check that out because I can't imagine my drill getting fast enough with plastic to get it hot enough to do that. It does because if you hold it, yeah, it, it will. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's how cavemen start fires. You know, so. Exactly. Well, Harbor, Harbor Freight does sell an with, actual with, you know, plastic rods pretty and... cheap. So. Yeah, yeah. That's that's. There's always the other thing is to go out and buy the proper tool for the job. You can always, you can always go that route. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell were we thinking? <laughs> if you want to do it right, I guess. Right. Anyways, hey, Phil, hey, what do you, Phil, what yeah, have you been up to, Phil? Oh, What's going hey, on, guys. Phil? Uh, <laughs> well, uh, it's episode 30. And this is probably sooner than anyone expected it, but I actually finished the Rubo bench. No way! Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's done. So, uh, and I've been oh, using hey. it for like the last four or five days. It's it's amazing. I'm like I'm in love with it. That's great. Yeah, and I'm, uh, I'm very happy putting... for you. So, hey, when we started the podcast, when we started the podcast, Phil, what would you say? How far along were you already with the Rubo bench? Oh, I hadn't started it. Nice try. <laughs> Oh, you hadn't? Oh, no, you no. Just, okay, so okay. you started... So how many episodes in did you start the Rubo Bench? Uh, and we can go and check this, this data later. November. I don't... No, it's still, I don't think it's been that long. I think I started it maybe episode 15 or so. Maybe a little okay. earlier. Okay. I mean, it was already the spring. No, was, already... no, was it? No, I started in the fall. That's not true. Could have been right we at the beginning the of the podcast. Winter. Yeah, because yep. then what happened is it got shelled for the winter when your wife's car went back That's in. Right. Not that I know the whole story. <laughs> Don't get all loots on me here, Tim. <laughs> and, then, and then October 13th, you... <laughs> 2 p.m. Remember what you said was? <laughs> How come you're not well, laughing, Bill? Right here. <laughs> so so I, I'm just curious. Now, what would you say is the average amount of time you could put into that Rubo bench over the... Let's just call it 30 weeks. 
I mean, oh, it's probably it's probably a minute a week. I don't know. No, that's not true. It's it's probably about um, maybe a half hour to an hour if you're going to average it weekly. But that's because for so you, probably twenty of those weeks, I did I did nothing. Right. So you figure you have to average it out. You have twenty to thirty hours into it of labor. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah, sounds but about it's right. it's smaller than a regular Rubo bench. It's 22 inches deep and 46 inches long. And uh, what's a regular? What's much much longer? I don't know. Probably 32 inches deep and like uh, at least 60 or 72 inches long. Oh really? So the, okay. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So it means it means a regular one's much heavier. So this one isn't as heavy, which means that I have to be very strategic where I place my vice, vices because. One is going to be to one I'm using to dimension the let's say to, to flatten a board, and the other side is going to be mm -hmm. to edge. So I need two separate vices for that, and then the direction that I'm pushing has to be able to support that weight. So I, for example, the only vice that I have on there now, and I'm going to put out a video. It just needs to be edited. The only vice I have in there right now is the is the end vice. So I can't really edge joint or edge plane right now because I start tipping the table over. So uh, I need another vice, and it'll go on the opposite corner so that I can go with the direction of the length of the table. And I'm right. sourcing one on Craigslist now. I found a nice little one. For, uh, okay, you... check it out. So I, hold on, hold on. I, I've just I'm been doing a little math. Um, mm -hmm. So based upon the amount of weeks that we've been doing the podcast, the amount of hours that you put into your bench, basically 65% yeah. of our podcast has been dedicated to you building that bench. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Wait, that, that, that seems crazy. I just don't want to hear nothing later about you know you guys don't pay enough attention to me. Blah blah blah. So I said that three times, you, tops. So when you take that extra thirty-five percent of the time, <laughs> so, you know, thirty-five divided by two, thirty-five divided by two. So that means only and seventeen and a half percent of the time Tim and I get. And, and, and I would say half of my 17.5%, so that's like, what, 9.25% is uh, me asking you about Bearded Dragons. Yeah. Okay, my head's exploding. We're moving on. All right. okay. So this is basically all this comes around to is real that listen, know, real listen. If, if, yeah, exactly. is, it okay if, is it okay if my Bearded Dragons get a small percentage of the podcast? That's all I'm asking. Uh, no. Uh, no, because they are not a legal entity, which ultimately means that you would get more, and we can't have the imbalance. So nice try. Let's talk about this if week's topic. If I can make it topic. Oh. Forget it. We're moving on, Lutz. <laughs> this week's topic we a, comes to us. We have a topic this week? Yes, a really, really good one. I think it's one that's near and dear to all of our hearts. Um, we had we had a, an email sent to us by uh, an amazing young man from Ecuador, actually. And uh, his name is Matthew Sola, and if you don't want us to say your name, it's too late for that. Uh, yep. But he wrote us a very heartfelt email about how uh, makers and uh, tradespeople in his country are looked down upon because it's not considered, uh, you know, it means that you sort of couldn't make it as anything else if you have to resort to being part of the trades. And I think that kind of stung for the, the three of us. We kind of, you know, were almost upset by, by that kind of attitude. So what we wanted to talk about this week is spreading the love and, and, and trying to change maybe the perception of what people think of the trades and people who use their hands to, to make their living. Um, you know, and, and even though I, I don't, I, I have a great appreciation for it. You know, my father was, uh, 
was a butcher. His father was a butcher. You know, I, I have nothing but respect for, for the trades, and, you know, I, I know that's what makes the world go round. Uh, you can have as many accountants and doctors and, and lawyers as you want, uh, but if someone can't, you know, put the buildings that we live in together, then we're on the streets. So, um, you know, so I, I'll, I'd like to point out too, real quick, Matthew is actually a, a highly educated young man. He, uh, if I'm not mistaken, he's graduated with a degree in psychology. Mm-hmm. That's and right. He chose to actually, he chose to actually try and make a go at making his living as a maker, as a someone who's using his hands to create. Yeah, and I think his, and I think his, his uh, dilemma was that he was worried about the perception of it. You know, even though I, I don't. I don't know how much he cares, but that's what he pointed out to us, that even though I think he was about to get his master's in psychology, that's not what he wanted to do with his life. He wanted to be a tradesperson. He kind of sort of asked for our advice on the subject, and I think everyone sort of replied, just do your thing, and, you know, who cares what anybody else thinks, which would be my attitude for anything. Yeah, of of course, you know, we all did, and uh, I want to point out that that for me personally, the, uh, the most amazing part about getting that email is that as as we were just discussing tonight about you know how one of the reasons we do this podcast is to inspire people to make a difference but there's a young man in ecuador who not only knows who we are but actually cares enough about what we think to write to us and so this thank you very much for that that's like super super awesome and i'm, I'm honored uh and i and i mean that with every understanding of the word i'm honored to to be in a position to where i can help other people of you know on their path um and and his message resonated with me as I remembered growing up and being in high school and and I you know I, I must have I did I did something on a test once where they decided I was a college bound kid and so my whole life was like pressuring me to go to college and I never had any interest in that and it took me years to to sort of figure out that I was I was supposed to be working with my hands and uh, and that was I mean, what attracted even like playing music I went from you know playing a you know, like the the bass guitar, I, I had to get more physical with it. And I switched to the double bass because I wanted to be, I wanted to sweat and I wanted to actually like physically work. And it just took like all this time for me to figure that out. And I, I loved hearing this message from this young man who's already kind of figured that out that, well, this is the route that I, has been laid out for me, but it's not the route that I feel. So like kudos to you, Matthew, for for even like knowing that you you have a different path. Oh, and for figuring it out so young. Yeah. Mm. I mean... How many of us are still struggling to figure out where it is that we want to go? You know, I, I think the three of us are included in that statement. Oh, well, absolutely. I mean, and that was the other thing, like I had sort of said, is that I don't think any of us really, I, I, I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up. I always say that, like, you know, yeah. I mean, I'm sure I'll have other, and even as a, like my, my making, you know, as I got out of playing music and into making things, even the way I approach making is I'm pretty adamant about the reclaim thing because I'm, you know, the environmentalist type, but, um, uh, you know, what I'm doing with it, like whether I'm making coffee tables or whether I'm making videos to inspire people or making podcasts, you know, it's always like this, like changing and growing thing. And here's this young man in Ecuador that like listens to us, gets that and is feeling that that's just so cool. But so now what we have to do is figure out how to change perception. So, so, you know, Matthew can, you know, can say to his peers and his parents and with pride that I'm going to make for a living instead of do this college thing you know, and, uh, and not have them like look down upon because obviously everybody listening to this podcast knows that that's nothing to look down upon. hundred <laughs> yeah. percent. Bill, how do we, how do we change hearts and minds? Well, I was going to say, you know, one of the things that I'm in, I'm inspired by on a regular basis. Um, I have made most of my living using my hands. Um, but there seems to be a resurgence right now of 
people finding that acceptance that being a maker, being a tradesperson, being a plumber, an electrician, a carpenter, um, it's not looked down upon like it has been for quite some time. And um, I'm hoping that where Matthew's at, it's just, it's maybe it's a little bit delayed getting there. But, I, but again, I, I see this resurgence over the last couple of years. Um, and I mentioned to you guys earlier, uh, Mike Rowe, you know, uh, what is it, Dirty Jobs, but he's got his foundation of uh, Mike Rowe Works, um, where it is about getting back to, you know, it's okay to make a good, solid living working hard and loving what you do, making with your hands, fixing things, cleaning things, building things. Um, our friend John Berard, again, uh, uh, MakerCast, where he's... Mm. A big, big, the, his main topic or focus is um, not having to go to college and spend all that money if that's not really where your heart is. And maybe there's other ways to go about having an education, to, going directly into a trade school. Um, and uh, Jerry Blakesley, I want to give a shout out to him right now. He's got a, a project that's under works that's going to become a lifestyle for him, which is called Tracks of Inspiration which really is trying to say, and just Google that, you guys, Google Tracks of Inspiration. Um, but what that really means is that putting kids on the, the right track to be able to utilize their hands and their knowledge and skills to make things with, with you know, it's, instead of going to college. But what I want to point out, what, what I think is becoming more acceptable now is that there's both. There's so much room for being able to go to college and, take more of a formal education approach to what you want to do for a living and there's a way to go to a trade school or to make your living as a maker there's there's room for both so i think for a long time it was families look down on going to college um, you know it's like hey we don't have the money we've all gotten by we don't need to do that and then it flipped over to where it's like everybody's going to college and there's nobody making things anymore and now we're seeing maybe a combining of the two so maybe that's just because i'm so old i can see all of these things but that's that's what i'm excited about there's room for everybody yeah what about you know you, Phil? i had this I, I, conversation I, with um with john berard you brought him up on MakerCast about maybe why there is this uh, resurgence of making and where this maker movement is coming from and it's my opinion that uh, it's coming back because uh canada the u.s north america as a whole has sort of lost that that whole manufacturing sector has been exported to China and into, into India and to other countries where labor is so much cheaper that those kind of jobs don't exist here anymore. And you have all these people with all of this knowledge on how to make things, can't put them into use. So we all sort of became these, these pioneers, you know, it's, I, I call it the new pioneer, you know, where these guys who, who have this spirit of making and, you know, we want to create and we can't do it professionally. So we do it let's say as a hobby. And then because of the internet, we've all, I don't know, found each other like in this, this, this crazy sort of maker community and it's all gelling and it's this amazing, amazing phenomenon. And I'm really, really proud to be part of it. It's a, it's a worldwide phenomenon too. I mean, just for example, again, Matthew, this young man that's writing to us is from Ecuador. I don't even know where that's at. I just know it's somewhere in the world where I'm not. I think that is so amazing, and it inspires me. We, we've got so many friends and makers in this community that are all over the world, and a lot of them listen to what we say, which is, I'm not sure why they would do that, but I think it's awesome, and I love them for it. I, I think it's just because we started talking, and there's just a desire for us to all connect, you know. Um, I can speak 
you know, personally, as always feeling an outsider most of my life, uh, even in like the music world where I was like less of an outsider because I was hanging out with a bunch of other musicians, I still wasn't like the other musicians. There's always things about me that have been different. And in the maker community, I'm still an outsider in the maker community in a lot of ways because of my, my reclaimed approach. But even in there, there's like, I mean, almost everybody that has a table saw saves their wood scraps. You know what I mean? We all have that sense of, of value to the material. And it, when you waste a piece of material that you spent money on, you screw it up. <laughs> you understand the value of it, whether it's reclaimed or not, you know. And so there's, even though I'm like the reclaimed guy or whatever, it's like, oh, it's like, oh, no, I, I, everybody gets it. It's, it's great. And, uh, and I love the fact that the, uh, this technology can, can connect us because there is strength in numbers. And there is, uh, in, when, you, when you suddenly realize you're not like the lone wolf in your garage making stuff and there's all these other lone wolves around, now we have a voice, you know. You know, Tim, I, w- I would like to point out, do not ever feel alienated because of the reclaim thing. Um, the reason why you're set apart and different and alienated has nothing to do with the <laughs> awesome stuff. Here. Well said, Bill. Really well said. Yeah. You know, I'll speak very quickly I on... Uh, just for the hell of it. <laughs> it mostly was. It mostly I was think. a compliment. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> I wanted to speak real very quickly on the changing of hearts and minds because uh, this kind of hits home for me. Um, my circle of friends is, is very similar to, to me in, in just about every regard except for the making. So everybody's sort of, you know, I don't know, I, I guess middle class or whatever it is, but, you know, accountants, lawyers, that kind of thing. Um, and, and nobody really grew up with that sort of making at home or, and, and we didn't have it in high school either. So everybody just went to university or college or whatever and, and had their careers. And then if you're doing this making thing, it comes, for me, it came from YouTube, really. So uh, there's a stigma that even I, I, I don't know, in, in let's say an enlightened circle, shall we say, of people sort of like, really, this is what you're, this is what you're doing? And like, they'll see my garage and, you know, they'll kind of make their remarks or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, and, <laughs> you know, meanwhile, all of their wives are like, fawning over me because I can do something more than change a light bulb and they see the kinds of things that I'm making and you know they'll ask my wife and all of a sudden now it's a point of pride for my wife whereas before it was kind of like I was the weirdo uh, husband now I'm the you know really resourceful capable handy you know husband I guess can, so can you kind find of the opposite I was gonna say kind of the opposite of what I said about Tim Phil um the reason they're all fawning over you yeah we can see you uh, listeners can't <laughs> it's not because you're making stuff, buddy. You are a sexy beast. I'm glad you finally said that. I mean, it felt like the elephant in the room for so long, and now you're finally giving it a name. It's, you know, it's about time. Uh, I, I was gonna, uh, I was gonna say, um, you, you, should, you should. I'm sorry. I'm laughing at Bill, not you. Still. Fair enough. <laughs> the um the port the Portlandia clip we had mentioned a few weeks ago of the yes the, you should put a link to that in our in our description like because okay, nobody's seen that <laughs> the best you're gonna hear my clicking right now but link to yeah that's okay. sketch I love that sketch the best he could make like the bassinet and like yeah. <laughs> they can have a baby and he can make the crib for the baby. <laughs> That might be our intro right there. <laughs> oh, what time is it? I got to figure that one out. Uh-huh. Oh, and I forgot to do that. Okay. Uh, 20 after. Yeah, 28. 28. Okay. 
Well, you know what? I think I think the important thing and the message that I, I want to put forth, maybe it's different than you guys, but basically I think not being shy about what we do and spreading that message. I'm not saying go stand on the corner of your you know uh, downtown, whatever city you live in, and start yelling and screaming about how great making is. I just think quietly within conversations that you have with your friends, uh, just talk about it, you know, and, and people always want to hear about what interests you. And if this is what it is, then, you know, you're spreading that message. And I think that the more this message gets out there, the better it is. You know, I was, I was telling the boys earlier, you know, like we were trying to think of how do we spread this message? You know, and I said, pushing is never how you get something to seem cool. It's just got to happen. You know what the... The, the the bonus, the advantage that makers have over everybody else who is maybe fanatical or passionate about something that's fringe, I'm making air quotes, or, or whatnot. Like, if you're, like, um, you know, you're, you're really into uh, tort law, and you want to tell everybody all you know about tort law, you're going to put people to sleep, right? Same yes. goes for table saws. You know what I mean? If you're really passionate about a table saw and you start telling people that don't know anything about table saws about your table saw and how you've got to set up and how you wax this and that, it's going to put them to sleep. But what you can do is you can show them something you made. And if that doesn't change hearts and minds, if you, everybody has a piece of junk furniture from some junk store and then you show them what you made, that's how you change hearts and minds. You know, no, for the, sure. The, the theme I'm getting from all three of us, I think, and uh, I'll, I'll share my idea of what that might be, is um, start small. It starts with us. And that's that's what I would say my experience of how spreading the word has come has just been from my passion and my attitude and my enthusiasm about making has basically people that know me kind of knew I was handy. But once I started getting this maker community, what it brought out in me and the, and the passion and everything. It's just like, people are seeing me now going, holy mackerel, what's going on with Bill? Oh my God, you're on, you got a podcast. You're, you're on, you got a, a group on Facebook that you're a part of. You got, you know, a YouTube channel, all of these things. Just my enthusiasm about the whole maker community and what we're doing is in and of itself spreading the word. And uh, again, that's what I think all three of us have just said is, you know, it starts small. It's where it starts with you. It starts with you just putting it out there. So I think, Matthew, one of the questions I think you really asked was, how do I let people know that making is honorable and fun and good and it's okay to make your living that way? Mm-hmm. Show them. Just, be, just show them. It, it's, it, yeah. Be you know, happy and, and make good stuff. Right. And that's going to be the, the very the roots of what how it gets started. And then eventually, depending upon the situation, but you might have a podcast and we'll be listening to you and, and you'll have a bigger voice. You, you know, might or, have a spot on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, applications, um, we ran out, by the way, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'll pick up some more. I don't them all away. Uh, no, no, I'll pick them up. No problem. I got a whole stack of reclaimed paper right here. You know what? We're, I'm going to say one last thing about this topic, and then we're going to move on. But okay. something, a personal point of mine is that uh, I feel a huge amount of confidence that I'm that I'm deriving and I'm taking from being a part of this community. It grounds me. It makes me feel like all of this is okay, and I I, I wish that on everybody else. I wish that you'd understand how great and how okay and how confident you can feel in yourself and in what it is that you want to be doing based on the positivity coming from the maker community. 
and and take that beyond the maker community that goes to what you know whatever you do and whoever you are uh it is it is 2016 now and it is it is not the decade to be ashamed of being who you are anymore go out and be who you are i don't care what your thing is go do it life's too short absolutely yeah, that's just, gay you know, straight loose said... whatever you are <laughs> definition of a maker the definition of a maker is undefined that's all i'm saying <laughs> absolutely bill what are you watching this week you know i'm watching um okay so check this out this is another around the world i think i know where australia is it's just basically right below me it's right next oh, to ecuador wow. <laughs> exactly <laughs> Perfect. But anyway, so there's a young man that I know has been a Tim Sway fan for probably longer than me. Um, and he's got his own YouTube channel. His name is Scott Turner. And um, he sent us an email and and I watched one of his videos where he gave us a shout. But he also had these giant industrial light fixtures. And he's like, okay, boys, see what you can reclaim and upcycle and repurpulate out of this. And I take that challenge. I'm going to find me... Uh, some kind of an industrial light fixture, and I'm going to make something out of it. By golly, that's what I'm going to do. Awesome. So I'm watching Scott Turner. Um, he's got quite a few videos. He's he made a uh, um, a monitor stand to look like an airplane wing. Um, out of reclaimed steel. Out of reclaimed steel. He's got um, coffee tables and side tables and and just all kinds of neat builds. I really enjoy some of the stuff he's done. And I would suggest that everybody who's listening give Scott Turner some love. I think it's Scott Turner on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, we'll have the link. Sound, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh oh oh. By the way, I'm I'm almost now where every week I'm giving Phil a link before the podcast because I learned that technological gem. You're welcome. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I really I do appreciate that. it. No joke. It it helps in post. Big time to have that yeah, link. I don't have to look for it. So thank copy you. Copy paste. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for mastering <laughs> that that skill. Don't be ashamed. You know, see, I'm trying to help. Paster, I'm trying way. to help, and you guys got to minimalize my effort of minimalizing. Don't say that. <laughs> Mostly because it's not a real word. I try and I try and I try and utilize what I've learned with you guys, <laughs> Dragon. And uh, I'm just saying, do you have bearded dragons, Phil? Tim? No. Thank you. Go ahead. Why do you always have to brag about the Bearded Dragons? Tim, what are you watching? They're brag worthy. Well, I've been watching a lot of Bearded cha- uh, Dragon channels. <laughs> <laughs> Just footage of Bearded Dragons living their lives and being their Bearded Dragon selves. That's right. Um, I had, well, I had two things I wanted to mention. First off, I wanted to, I wanted to mention our good friend Andy Berkey, who uh, is, if you don't know who Andy Berkey is, you can look him up. It's B-I-R-K-E-Y. And, uh, he has a YouTube channel as well as he has a podcast called Faking It, um, and you should check that out as well. But Andy Berkey just recently started a series of uh, one-minute video tips, um, and they're literally one minute long, and he just gives these like little like like workshop tips. And I love, love, love this concept because, I mean, yes. I am guilty of making five-minute-long video tips where I cram a bunch of stuff, like five things into five. I just love the idea of breaking it down to these one-minute tips. It's like you only have a minute to watch a video. You want to get your little fix uh, Andy Berkey's got it. He's got to teach you something. He's actually the first four or five he, that I've seen have all like actually taught me something. Uh, yeah, they've been new to me. Every single one. Yeah, well, that's one, not hard one to of do them boys. wasn't new to me, but the others were. 
And I was, you know, and she, like that's a awesome friggin' success rate right there. I knew the stretching from being a musician, so I already knew that one. But everything else has been new to me, and I'm just like, yes, thank you, Andy. But the, the channel that uh, I have linked in my description below is a channel I just recently discovered, and I haven't watched too, too much of their stuff, but I've been communicating with them a lot. They're called The Von Thompsons, and uh, they are living the dream. They are living in a house that's built into the back of a school bus. They are cutting up a, s a shipping container and turning it into a workshop. And there is a stuffed bear that tells you all about it. So I think that's pretty much all I need to say about that. Uh, yeah, I'm going to check that out for sure. The Von Thompsons. What are you watching, Phil? Uh, I am watching, it's called The English Woodworker. And uh, he's all about hand tool uh, woodworking. And I have a huge man crush on this guy. He basically looks like Jon Snow and sounds like Jon Snow from Game of Thrones. <laughs> That's beyond cool. This guy, yeah. he's so good. It's cool. And, and the thing is, I'm, I think he's a YouTuber, but like he kind of does um, a two-camera setup, kind of the way uh, Paul Sellers does. And I think he's got an actual cameraman. And I think that's amazing. I need to rope somebody into being my cameraman. Having a tripod moving it around is way too hard, but he he does it. It looks really, really polished, and I, I sit there like, you can't see me now, but I've got both hands under my chin, and I'm just like watching this guy, and I'm like geeking out over everything that he does, but he makes woodworking, especially hand tool work, woodworking, so approachable. Um, he's kind of like Graham Hayden that way, except this guy is like a little bit more old school, and... Uh, He's such a dreamboat. He looks just like Jon Snow, and he sounds like him. It just—it's amazing. I just—he uh, can't be as handsome. Did you just use the word dreamboat? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not ashamed to say it. It's 2016, according to Tim. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm, I'm, Was I'm, I right? I'm celebrating with you right now. <laughs> I, let me just check I've my been calendar. Wrong yes, no, no, no. It is 2016. Okay. Confirmed. Uh, confirmed. Okay, yeah. I see it. No, I, I love this yeah. guy. I think he's great, I, and he's got a whole catalog of videos to watch. And I'll sit there for however long it is that I have, and I'll watch them. And I've seen a bunch of them a couple of times. But I'm really, as you know, I just I finished the bench, so I finally have the platform for all these hand tools that I've been collecting. And, and it's just been a pleasure to, to, to work on them. And I'm just gathering all this information to, to work even more in hand tools. Like, you, you guys were talking to me because uh, I said... I can't remember if we did this on an episode or if it was off air, but I talked about the fact that maybe I want to get like a six inch jointer and you guys are like, why? That's so crazy. You don't have enough room for it. And you know, you're, you're going to be doing hand tool stuff. So I decided that I'm not going to get one, that I'm going to dimension on two sides, one flat face and one edge, and then I'm going to take it to the table saw and then the planer. So that's going to be my lumber dimensioning plan from now on. We'll see how that works. So, mm. so that's, I got to admit, I've, I've been in the hand tools lately too. I'm more, the older I get, the more I get into them. It's just you so know. romantic, you know, like not in the like love, love, kiss, kiss way, but like you know, just it makes you feel like you're connected to something older, something perennial, you know, just something that won't go away. Like we've been using hand tools for you know thousands upon thousands of years, and it just I don't know, it feels cool. Yeah. No. Yeah. There's that. There's also the lack of noise. And yes. uh, the lower, like dust. the lower um, dust, like levels, and um, and and the cardio, because I don't yes. go to the gym, you know. Yeah, you know, I I didn't know why people used wooden hand planes, until I recently got into using hand planes, and yeah, these things are cast iron. They're freaking heavy. Yeah. That's why and, they use the, the, 
you know, I mean, yeah, the, and the feel of wood in your hands versus cast iron is just more natural. And like, I, I, I was just using, I was hand planing the other day, and I, I hold them stupid sometimes, not by the handles, and you start getting like a little blister, you know, the way you're holding it, and yeah. You know, I, I, I got I to do some shout outs, you guys. I, I forgot about last week's Maker Fair, all these people I missed, and I, I want to make sure I do that. <clears throat> but I got to tell you, I got to tell you, um, I am not going to focus on perennial and wood in your hands. I'm just saying, I'm not because that my mind, my mind went off to somewhere it doesn't need to go. But anyway, um, so Maker Fair again last 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 week, and, and I didn't get a chance to give some shout outs to some people, and I'd like to do that now. Um, Stan Pierce, I know you are listening. I got to meet you at Maker Fair. He actually met Casey first because he went and saw the salon um, on his own. He was in Oakland. He stopped by and said hi to Casey, and he's been a fan of our podcast. He's a fan of making it. I believe that's where he discovered us. Stan Pierce, it was such an honor and a pleasure to sit down and talk with you for as long as we did. You're a hell of a guy. He's inspired me. It was a highlight because he's getting ready to retire, and he's got some property, and he's got a couple of of, of buildings on it, and I'm just so jealous of what he has. Oh, yeah, can I move in? Because I'm looking to not pay my mortgage anymore. (laughs) Oh, hey. Jackpot. Another another young man I met was uh, Sean Farbolin, and I know you're listening too, Sean. Um, this guy's like 12, okay, maybe 25, and he's from I think Washington State. He bought basically a truck and a cab over camper, and he's now maker on the move. And he's going to, I mean, he's literally going to be traveling and making at that's 25 awesome. years old. How cool is that? I mean, that's seriously, awesome. that's just so that awesome. literally so is Sean, the dream. It's great to meet you. Yeah, you don't even know. Um, uh, Joy Parker, um, Joy's husband gets his hair cut by Casey, and Joy is also a client of uh, the salon, and she is a maker, and she's involved in the I Like to Make Stuff group, and she's very supportive. She's a hell of a maker. She has a house in Lake Tahoe, from what I understand, that basically she's furnished everything in it. Um, oh, because I'm looking to live at Lake Tahoe rent-free, but... <laughs> So there's a theme going on here. Apparently, Tim's ready to move to the West he's Coast. Looking, he's yeah. looking at free rent. I'm not sure that West Coast is, you know. Oh, he's coast, West coast. <laughs> Joy, it was so nice to finally meet you, and I, I'm sure we'll see each other again. And it's she's one of the seven people that watch or has watched, I think, all of my videos. So that's pretty cool. I watched and then them there's, all. <laughs> You know, uh, in the third video, about uh, seven minutes in. I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't work. You're not the you're not the stalker that I am. So just just relax. There's, there's another young couple, Mark and Brittany Schaefer Meyer. Um, Mark is becoming really active in our like to make yeah. stuff group. Hey Mark. Um, he, Mark. How cool is that? This young couple, they were so amazing. I got to meet them and hang out with them at, at Maker Fair. Um, the only thing I can say is they have the second most amazing human being named Casey in their life. Cause the first most amazing human being named Casey is the one in my life. Their little baby, Aww. Casey. I actually, I held a baby. I held a baby and she loves me. This baby little baby loved dragon? me. A human baby. <laughs> Whoa. <It> was great. <laughs> no way. Mark, Mark and Brittany. I love you guys. Thank you so much for your time and attention at the fair. It was great. And then last but not least, I got to meet and hang out with, and um, this guy actually interjected and helped me and a bunch of my slumber mates 
um, do a surprise video making extravaganza at Casey's Salon. And that person is none other than Mr. Andy Berkey's nephew, Cody Berkey. Um, I don't think he will be listening to our podcast, but your uncle probably will. And I know you listen to his, so maybe he can give us a shout out about the shout out we're giving you. And anyway, Cody Berkey, it was a pleasure meeting you as well. Um, wow, this kid is awesome and he's a Berkey, so how could he not be? And I'm done. Oh, and um, Izzy Swan. Love Izzy. He's doing a lot of stuff on Twitch. I think uh, if, if you haven't realized that, check it out. We love Izzy. And okay, I'm done. Go ahead. No, I'm really done. Go ahead. Yes. No, I'm really done. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, our channels on Instagram and Twitter. I am at Phil Pinsky. On, on YouTube, I am Jake and Emmy's dad. Tim? Uh, yeah, I'm uh, Tim Sway on YouTube. That's my main hub as well as uh, Tim Sway on Facebook and, and yada yada. And I actually just created a Twitch account. And I think it's Tim Sway or Tim Sway 1 or something. So I actually am a, have an account and I'm... I, I might do something with it. I'm not. I have a couple ideas, uh, so we'll see. All right. And I'm I'm um, I'm I'm excited about the new stalking I can do with. T- oh no no no! I mean I'm William Lutz on uh, Facebook. <laughs> I'm giving and... William Lutz a live look into my life. <laughs> Dangerous. <laughs> uh, William Lutz, you can find me. I'm Bill. <laughs> okay. Um, guys, if you can't get find on him, my... look for me. He'll be close by. <laughs> yeah, if you can't find me, just look at Tim's videos. I'm actually in every one of Tim's videos somewhere in the background. The call is coming from in the house. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Bill. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> let me just let me just rein this in a little bit. Guys, get on iTunes, please, and leave us a review. Every single one helps, and we read them all, um, and we really, really appreciate the feedback. Uh, We listen to it. Obviously, when it makes sense, we listen to it. Uh, So please leave us the feedback. We appreciate it. Um, And patreon.com slash reclaimed audio. As I said before, and I'll continue to say it, uh, this podcast needs your help. Um, We we really, really want to continue doing it, but we need your support. So every little bit helps. Reclaimed audio on Patreon, please. And, uh, and, and you know, that's all I got. As part of, as, as part of the spreading the word and of uh, you know being it's being okay. It's 2016 and it's okay to be a maker. This is one of the ways you can do it: spread the podcast and uh, and and invite people into uh, our lives and your lives. Let's uh, let's continue to do this and let's not just be the lone wolf out in our garage with the table saw. Let's be proud of it and uh, continue to grow together. That's really and, and accor- why we're here. According to Phil, it is 2016. It's okay to be a Lutz, too. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yes. Oh, and one last thing. Uh, hit us up on Twitter, at Reclaimed Audio, with ways that you are spreading the love and, and turning this into a positive experience. And if you want to send us a more involved note, please do so at info at reclaimedaudiopodcast.com. Absolutely. Thanks very much, guys. Have a great week. Be good. Bye, everybody.